Moms, I want to encourage you this morning from, from this message to not grow weary. To not grow weary while doing good. And in this passage we're going to look at from Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, there's this call to not grow weary and to remember Jesus and to remember the discipline of our Heavenly Father. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to continue our series on the Jesus is Better message. In Hebrews 12, the author continues to call the people of God to endure. Let me pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the, the ability to connect through the internet. Um, and as we do this morning, as we open up your word, would you meet us here? Would you show up? Would you speak to us? Would you encourage us, especially the mothers today, as we recognize them and honor them? And we pray for anyone amongst us who is experiencing weariness or discouragement. And we pray that these powerful words from your written word would inspire, encourage, direct, and shape our thinking and lead us into lives of joy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. So Hebrews 12, starting in verse 3, we're going to pick back up right where we were last week. Hebrews 12.3 says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in all that in all have if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who have disciplined us and respect, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And all God's people said, Amen. Now, moms, I know this sounds more like a mother or Father's Day message on Mother's Day, uh, but one connection that we have here with this passage is that you as mothers have the important role of helping shape discipline and shape and guide your children, much like our Heavenly Father does uh, with us. Amen? And so here's the big idea. 
Namely, that the Christian life involves parental guidance and discipline from our Heavenly Father, who shapes us through difficult circumstances, bringing about good fruit from us. I'll read it again. The Christian life involves parental guidance and discipline from our Heavenly Father, who shapes us through difficult circumstances, bringing about good fruit from us through our lives. Amen? And so the first thing that I want to point out from this passage is simply consider Jesus in verse 3. And the author is building upon what he has already said to look to Jesus. Let us lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily uh, ensnares us and slows us down and let us run the race that is marked out before us, that is set before us. Let us run with endurance. And let us do so looking to Jesus with our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us look to him together. And so the author says, consider Jesus. And he points out that, that he endured suffering, hostility from sinners to the point of bloodshed, namely bloodshed that he experienced upon the cross. Jesus is the ultimate example of one who endured suffering well, who ran his race well here on earth, and he finished it perfectly. And so he's our example, and he's also our empowerer, the one who empowers and, and gives us the strength that we need to run our race as well as the author and the finisher of our race. Consider Him. Consider Him. Think about Him. And this is for all Christians to consider Him. But specifically, Paul was writing a church that seemed to be growing weary. He was writing a church that seemed to be tempted to go back to their old life of Judaism. They, they seemed to be tempted to drift away from this great salvation that, that God had provided through Jesus Christ. And, and salvation only comes through Jesus Christ, right? And so throughout this letter, the, the, the author exhorts the people of God to endure, to encourage one another, to, to fix your eyes on Jesus, to come boldly before the throne of grace. And don't go back to those lesser things you have been given of great salvation in Christ. And, and God has called us, as we looked at last week, the Christian life is like a marathon. It's like a long-distance race that we must run in and that we must run um, with endurance in. And here he's saying, don't grow weary. Consider Jesus so that you don't grow weary. Okay. Now, these saints seem to, it seemed that there were none who were actually martyred yet amongst these folks. Because he says in verse 4, that in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. All right. And so, uh, now we know that Christians had, had been killed. In Jerusalem, right, we, we, there, was, there was persecution. And even to this day, Christians are being killed for their faith. But these particular uh, Christians hadn't yet resisted to the point, sin, to the point of shedding their blood. All right? And so he says, consider Jesus. Look at Jesus because Jesus did resist 
sin, and uh, he resisted to the point of going to the cross. Okay, and in other words, it's it's almost like he's saying uh, to to these Christians, you 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 haven't had it that bad yet. Okay, it's it's not. You haven't had it that, that bad. Jesus' suffering was so much greater. So consider him lest you become weary, lest you become discouraged. Now back in chapter 10, um, verse 32, he says, But recall the former days after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being Partners with those so treated, for you had you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that yourselves had a better possession, and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Okay, so here it's clear that these Christians had experienced some suffering, some persecution, and they had endured. They had gone through some difficulty because of their faith. They they had their stuff taken from them, and and he, he says you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. I mean that's pretty awesome if you ask me. Christians who just joyfully accept someone just taking their stuff. Like that shows that they have a hope and a treasure that's so much greater than this life itself, right? And so they had experienced that. They had experienced, uh, what verse 33, publicly being exposed to reproach and affliction for their faith. Yet, the author in chapter 12 says they hadn't, hadn't yet resisted to the point of bloodshed, but Jesus has. And so here's a remedy, here's a solution for any Christian experiencing weariness and discouragement in your hardship, in your difficulty, as you're on the journey following Jesus, consider Jesus. Remember how he endured. Remember what he endured and how well he endured. And he did it for you, for your sins and my sins. He bore the cross. Moms, if you feel weary today on Mother's Day, uh, and in your mothering, I know motherhood can be exhausting, can be challenging and stretching, and it can be one of the most challenging things uh, that, that a woman experiences in this life. I've uh, seen my wife handle it well with grit and grace. But on this Mother's Day, I know mothers tend, often tend to focus on their weaknesses. And I want to encourage you, not to stay focused on your weaknesses today, but consider Jesus. Focus on Jesus. And his strength fits perfect in your weakness. His grace is enough for you. He has provided what you need to run the race that's marked out, set before you. You can do it. He's with you. He's for you. Consider him. Mother with your eyes fixed on Jesus. And Christian, follow the Lord with your eyes fixed on Him. Considering Him. Considering who He is. And considering what He's done. Considering His suffering that He experienced unjustly. He didn't deserve it. And He took it 
for you and me. And the next thing that the author points us to is to consider the God's fatherly discipline in your hardships. Okay, verse five, he says, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. I like how Eugene Peterson paraphrases verse five. He says, my dear child, do not shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. And so in considering God's discipline in your hardship He tells us, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. One, don't despise God's discipline. Sorry. Don't despise God's discipline and don't be discouraged by it. Don't grow weary in it. It's interesting here because it seems that the author is connecting God's discipline with persecution or hardships that the people of God had experienced. Now, one of the things that, that, that we, we can um, know for sure is that everything we experience in this life as children of God is filtered through the hands of our loving and wise Heavenly Father. Everything you and I experience in this life, no matter how hard and difficult it is, it has to go through our loving, wise, and sovereign Heavenly Father. And he will use it to shape our lives, regardless of what kind of hardship um, it is. And he'll use hardship to discipline us, to train us, to, um, to teach us to become more like Jesus. So don't, be, don't despise God's discipline and don't be discouraged when you're disciplined. Okay? Um, verse 5 tells us that don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor be weary when reproved by him verse 6 says that the Lord for the Lord disciplines the one he loves God's discipline and training in your life and my life is an expression of his love for us he trains us and we experience discipline from him because he cares for us. Okay? Uh, theologian Leon Morris says this, that suffering comes to all, is a part of life, but it is not easy to bear. Yet it is not quite so bad when it can be seen as meaningful. This is important. Because for the Christian, suffering and hardship in our lives is not meaningless. It's meaningful. It's not purposeless. It's purposeful. It's purposeful pain that God has allowed and brought into our lives for our good, for our shaping. Amen? The writer points out the importance of discipline and proceeds to show that for Christians, suffering is rightly understood only when seen as God's fatherly discipline correcting and directing us suffering is evidence not that god does not love us but that he does i know this is difficult for many to accept but god works all things together for our good and he is sovereign and he is 
good. And those are two things that we have to cling to. And so consider God's fatherly discipline. Don't despise it. Don't be discouraged by it. Know that he disciplines those that he loves. And God's discipline in our lives affirms our identity as his children. It affirms our identity as his children. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Good parents discipline and train their children. And it's an expression of love. And they do so because they have been entrusted. Mothers and fathers have been entrusted with these precious little lives to help guide and care for and teach and train and shape. Psalm 127 describes these little lives as arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior, which implies one day, of course, we're going to have to send them out. But there's while we have them under our household and under our parental guidance, we have this great privilege and responsibility of shaping them, of influencing them, of teaching them. And it gets messy. It gets difficult. Moms and dads, you know that parenting is no easy task. Because none of us are perfect parents. We fall short in so many ways. Yet we have a Heavenly Father who fathers and parents His children perfectly. And so we look to Him. We look to Jesus and we look to Him. Um, you know, one of the things, too, to consider, parents, is that as we are training our children and shaping our children for their good, for their flourishment, for, for them to be all that God's called them to be, while we discipline our children, God, is He disciplines us, and He is shaping us. Right? I don't know if you've ever felt that when, when uh, you've had to discipline your son or your daughter, and the very thing that you're disciplining them for, as you're disciplining them, you realize that you have the same weakness and the same struggle. Have you ever felt that, parents? Yeah. You know, it's interesting how, how God will speak through and teach us as we're trying to teach our children, right? Um, and so we, we um, well, the, the author goes on here in verse 9. He says this. He says, besides this, we have all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Okay, this is, this is, discipline and training children as a parent is a necessity, right? It's a necessity, and we, we respected them for it. Um, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? All right. So the author is contrasting uh, an earthly parent, an earthly father, to our heavenly Father. How much more should we receive God's discipline in our life when we get a spanking? And I, I just want to... Be, be real with you guys. There's been many times as a Christian in my 20 plus years of walking with Jesus that I have felt like I was experiencing a spanking from the Father. 
And spankings never feel good. Okay, as a parent, uh, it's it, it, it's not pleasant to have to administrate a spanking to your child. Um, but there's good fruit that will result for parents who do the hard work of disciplining and training their sons and daughters. Um, and, and, and so God brings certain things into our lives to help shape us and to teach us, to discipline us. And he does it for our good. Okay, uh, look at verse 10 and 11. For they disciplined us, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best for them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So we see here in this passage the necessity of discipline. We see the response to discipline, the, the appropriate response to discipline, God's discipline that we're supposed to have. And we see the effects or the results of God's discipline in our lives. The results are when we receive, when we embrace the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father's pruning in our life, disciplining in our life, when we embrace the painful shaping in our life that must take place, uh, it is so that we might share in His holiness. It is, verse 10, it is, verse 11, so that we might uh, yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Christ-likeness is the aim. God has called us to be conformed into the image of of his son Jesus he has started a good work in our lives and he is working in our lives and he will be faithful to complete that work in our lives we are going to look more and more like Jesus and the elements that God uses the circumstances and the elements that God uses in this life in this broken world are often are often painful, but they yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Amen? The, uh, Tom Landry, the uh, former uh, football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, said this. He said, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. The job of, of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be, namely champions, winners, right? F.F. Um, F. Bruce says this. This is, this is a helpful little paragraph. But, um, These words remind the man who would be truly wise that when hardship is his lot, he should accept it as God's method of training and discipline him, and as a token that he really is a beloved son of God. C.S. Lewis says this, he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, he speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Amen? 
One other quote from a theologian here. He says that a father who neglects to discipline a son is deficient in his capacity as a father. And a son who escapes all discipline is losing out on his sonship. This is a principle which would not be recognized by all schools of thought in this modern age where permissiveness has such a powerful influence. The authority of parents has been so eroded that discipline rarely, if ever, comes into play. It has generally ceased to be a part of sonship. It is a small wonder that those brought up in such an atmosphere find genuine difficulty in understanding the discipline of God. We need help. We need a biblical perspective. We need to have our minds renewed around this issue that God, as a loving Father, is bringing about things in our lives so that we might be shaped more into the image of Jesus. Listen to uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this section that we We've just looked at here. When you find yourselves flagging in your face, faith, go over that story again, item by item, so that long litany, litany of hostility. He, so I'm sorry. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children? That God regards you, and that God regards you as his children. My dear child, do not shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. It is the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave their children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For, it, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Amen? That's well said, well paraphrased by, by Eugene Peterson. Um, so in some application here, I just want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus as the ultimate example of endurance. Look to Jesus who endured such great hostility from sinners. And he endured suffering unjustly. 
He didn't deserve what he went through. And he endured it. He endured it for you and for me. It will empower us. We will be empowered by Jesus as we, info- as we focus our eyes on Jesus and consider his example. And consider his perfection instead of staying focused on our imperfections, our weaknesses, and, and, and our sins. We need to... We need to, of course, acknowledge our sins, come to, a, a, to acknowledge our weaknesses, acknowledge our need for God, but don't stay focused, navel-gazing at yourself because you won't experience the empowerment and the transformation that you need until you get your eyes on Jesus. That's where you will find grace and strength and the help that you need. So keep your eyes on Him. Avoid too quickly ruling out God's discipline in your life during hardships. Avoid too quickly saying, oh, God's, God didn't allow that. or God, God has nothing to do with this hard thing that is going on right now. Kind of like this global pandemic. Avoid too quickly ruling out that God is using this painful circumstance to shape and train and discipline and develop his children. Because the Bible, the Bible over and over argues that God is working through the painful things in the lives of Christians. And that suffering is a normal part of the Christian life. Difficulty and hardship and pain. And it's not purposeless pain. It's purposeful Pain. That was a purposeful pain. Was a phrase that I used um, that, uh, in helping my wife as, as <laughs> and we, it, we, and she was having uh, our children. It was a reminder that I would uh, communicate to her as she was having contractions and feeling pain, going through the difficulty of uh, of labor and delivery. And that little phrase, I loved it. I don't know if she enjoyed it as much as I did, but I would <laughs> I would continue to say. This is purposeful pain. These contractions are necessary. Okay? They're not vain. They are helping the process move along. And the joy that is set before us right now is greater. So let's keep our eyes fixed on that because there is going to be a son or a daughter coming forth soon, right? And that's how Jesus endured. He endured for the joy that was set before him so let's fix our eyes on jesus but also let's look forward to the fruit that we're going to see after these painful circumstances cease amen so avoid too quickly ruling out god's discipline in your life during hardships but also avoid oversimplifying suffering to merely a cause and effect um uh equation there uh, let us let us avoid being like job's friends who leaned on their own understanding and and really uh, had concluded that job uh, must have brought about the suffering uh, on himself because of something that he did when we when we read the story of job we see that god had much greater purposes and in, in suffering is much more complex than many realize. Let's let's not be like the the disciples who had the the mindset when they saw somebody who was 
um, disabled, uh, blind, and they asked Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents that he should be born blind? Right? So that was the mindset. It was, a, it was reduced down. It was an over, oversimplification of, um, of suffering. That it, was, it must have been sin that causes. Now the Bible does. The Bible does make a connection with suffering and brokenness and, and, and the sin of man. But the Bible also teaches us that it's not always somebody's specific sin. That it's not always the cause of someone's specific sin their personal sin of, of why they're going through hardship. Sometimes there's a bigger purpose and a bigger element, uh, often there is, in, in what, what is happening in suffering, in difficulty. So let us avoid oversimplifying it, reducing the equation down to you did something wrong, that's why this is happening. Yet, let's not rule out that option that God may be trying to shape us. He may be trying to teach us. We, we may have sinned against God. We may have brought about suffering into our life through our rebellion against God. But it's not always the case. All right? And so suffering and difficulty, hardships can be much more complex than just the equation of you did something wrong and now um, you're, you're experiencing suffering. And for the Christian who suffers... The, the Christian who goes through hardship and difficulty, it's not meaningless. It's purposeful. And it's not God's wrath or an expression of God's a lack of love that God has towards you when you go through hardship. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. The hardships that we go through, actually, the author of Hebrews tells us, is this is God loves you and He's bringing you through this because He's shaping you. Okay? God disciplines those he loves and those he accepts as sons and daughters. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's avoid too quickly ruling out God's discipline in our hardships. And let us avoid oversimplifying suffering to merely a cause and effect um, equation. God is sovereign and God is good. And so let's embrace what he's doing in the hardest of circumstances. Let's praise Him and let's trust that He's going to bring about good fruit from our hardships, from our sufferings. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You know what's best. Teach us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in You with all our hearts. And when we can't make sense, don't make sense of what's happening in our lives, in our hardship. Help us to trust you, to trust your word, to trust that it hasn't caught you by surprise, and to trust that the gospel uh, declarations about us are true, that you haven't destined us to wrath, but to salvation through Jesus. And so may we be convinced that you are 100% for us and not against us. That you gave up Jesus to suffer and die upon a cross for us, to redeem us, 
to bring us into your family as sons and daughters, to bring us to glory, to be shaped and formed into the image of Jesus. And so we invite you as our Father, as our potter, to shape us, to mold us, to refine us, even in this global pandemic right now where there is so much hardship and so much discouragement and so much pain. Let us remember, God, that this hasn't caught you by surprise and that you are working through all this. And we thank you for the ways that you are. I pray that you would strengthen the weary saints who are discouraged, who maybe have forgotten that you're disciplining your people even through the hardships. That you're working. Not as, not as condemnation, but as development, shaping, conforming us into the image of Jesus. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. All you mothers, saints, thank you guys for tuning in, joining in with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May He lift up the light of His countenance upon you. And may He give you His peace.